found this level that I've never experienced. And I think it's what athletes talk about sometimes when you get in that, that beast mode, I guess. It was that kind of, like, I didn't hear much. I was very tunnel vision, but I was just, I thought I was tired, but I just hit this new level. Welcome to Next Gen Movement. Our sole mission to empower tomorrow's leaders by harnessing and unleashing collective wisdom, lessons, and experiences of thought leaders within the community. If handstand jumps and crazy calisthenics pique your interest, then Luke Wharton is someone you want to know more about. The ex-rugby player and a wellness coordinator for primary school students has built his brand, Think Fit, Be Fit, Live Fit, a simple philosophy that he preaches and teaches his audience on how to gain a growth mindset, the eternal drive to make a positive change and a willingness to commit your 100%. Besides catching and perform some, some of the most incredible body movements on Instagram and often awake at 3 a.m. for a 100K cycle, He's becoming the beacon to inspire youth to be healthier and fellow dads to be performing at the optimal level. So it's my warm welcome to introduce Luke Wharton as a guest for Next Gen Movement. Welcome, brother. Hey, Luke. Oh, I'm glad to be here after that introduction. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, I'm loving this. <clears throat> yeah, welcome. Yeah, no, no. We, we really appreciate you, Luke. Um, and thanks for bearing with our uh, bit of difficulties with uh, Toph losing his keys and and Zach's obviously not with us right now. He's out gallivanting in, in Hawaii. So he sends his apologies. Um, but yeah, we're really happy to have you, Luke. Um, I'm, a, I'm a, a father of a young boy. And I know there's a lot of dads out there on LinkedIn that will really benefit from listening to you, mate. So um, there's a lot of things that I'd like to talk to you about. But one of the things that really stuck out to me was when we put out the, what would your one question to Luke be? A lot of people saw the stuff that you were doing is kind of superhuman. And they had comments on like, well, that works for him because he's been training for a hundred years or I prefer bench pressing or this or that. And I was talking to Toph earlier about how I really think that we can miss the point. Now, the way that you express yourself is through calisthenics but for me and i think for most of us what we really need to get behind is your mindset because for each individual success can look different right so that takes me to this growth mindset right so because because we want to go underneath the the surface here right and this growth mindset what do you define as a growth mindset what does it actually mean bro for me, well, the growth mindset for me is definitely being willing, I guess, to evolve and to grow and, and to get that in any type of space. So, for instance, with my calisthenics, I, I put in 100% and I obviously like to push the limits, I guess, and become as strong as I possibly can. But for me, I gain inspiration to go to that level through things like, for instance, when I crewed for Tove when he ran across Scotland. Like, that's running. It's not calisthenics. But I was sat there and I purposely went to evolve i guess my growth mindset and strengthen it to watch these guys these old these superhumans i look at it and to watch them go through and push past that point and i was watching taking from it what i you know what what, what suits me and what suits my my i guess direction where i want to go and i've used things that i've seen and what i've witnessed and as experiences as fuel now when i've come back now when i'm sitting there say i'm preparing for one of those handstand movements or something like that, I'm thinking and I'm using the same mindset as those ultra runners were using. I was thinking, okay, this is getting tough. What do I do here? Do I give up? No, I'm going to keep trying and I'm going to look at technique. And, and it's, it's using that, that, that as fuel, I guess. And then, I, and then being a dad, 
being whatever, whatever I'm doing during the day, and I've just got this new role as health and well-being coordinator. I'm jumping right into that, using that mindset that I've witnessed at the at the ultra marathon, that I've witnessed with my other training partners in all areas. Like I, I cycle a lot too, so I have a lot of I cycle with some very high level cyclists. They teach me a lot of strategies as well, and I utilize these strategies and try and put them into my everyday life. So I just want to maximize my potential, being a dad calisthenics running cycling whatever i do because it's exciting and and, and you think wow like you know I, you feel like you're maximizing it and then you and then you meet somebody else like for instance when i met toft not not all that long ago and he's kind of made me realize hey you can actually push to that next level and you can and, and then the experiences and the, and the skills you gain from that are just amazing it's, it's, it's really quite addictive in a really really positive way um so yeah so that's i guess that's a gross mindset for me you don't just look at if i want to grow in calisthenics don't just hang around calisthenics athletes. Look at people that want to push push to that next level, and then that's going to help you go there. And now I find that really works for me. Yeah, man, that's um, that's powerful. And speaking on like when we first met, so we met about this time last year, um, and it's it's funny how we met. I don't know if it was serendipity, but part of me thinks you were meant to be in Sydney for Ninja Warrior, right? Yep. The the crazy. Um, it's like an obstacle course like on roids but the thing is um the people that don't know luke um injured himself in training and i don't know if you tore your achilles you tore something i ripped 50 percent of my achilles up my calf muscle yeah and when we met you were in a moon boot and you were at a running race and you obviously couldn't run but you were just there um with another with a mutual friend of ours and i continue to follow you on instagram We, we obviously connected cross details and whatever and I'm watching him do handstands still in the moon boot and he's crazy. Like nothing has changed. Just picture everything you're seeing just with a moon boot. And I remember when we had this conversation going to Scotland, whatever, and I, I picture brain, I said, did you go through any sort of like mental health struggles when you went in through the injury? Because the three of us are athletes, right? And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what sport you're in. Like injury can really play a toll on your mental health. And there's, there's a lot of um, Olympians that go through heavy depression when their career might be over because of some gnarly incident or NFL players or whatever it is. But when I was talking to you, I was like, it, it, I was actually taken aback by like how your mindset, you're able to like push on and you're like, it's, it's okay. It's part of the process. And tell me like what you've learned the most from that period into who you are like into like now from after going through that injury. Yeah, well, and that's, I know, it's, it's perspective for me. So you look at it and you, you like, I, I had my five minutes. I always give myself five minutes because it was, it was very disappointing. Like it was a week before I was going to go on, on, my son was so excited. We had the Sydney trip booked, like we're all ready to go. It was going to be a great experience. And I was actually really excited, I guess, because I wanted to get into that situation where high pressure environment and see how I, how I would, I would handle that. So I was really looking forward to the experience and opportunity, but when it didn't happen, I had my five minutes. I said to myself, okay, I'm going to have five minutes here and be disappointed because it is a disappointing thing. And then after that, as soon as I make the call to Ninja Warrior and say that I'm out, okay, let's move on. So as soon as I, as soon as I humped that phone, it was five, four, three, two, one, bang, okay, move on. From then on, I got myself as quick as I could. I got proactive, got myself into a boot straight away because a lot of people whinge about a boot and say how annoying they are. But I looked at it as, well, it enabled me to train. If I didn't have that boot, I wouldn't have been able to do any of that training because it wouldn't have been safe enough. So the boot for me, I didn't look at it as a negative. I actually looked at it as a positive. So I was back in the boot three days later, back in the gym, being able to walk around, being able to do, 
the things that you, know, you saw me doing. And uh, so it enabled me to continue doing what I love to do and doing the thing that I know keeps me, you know, keeps me, keeps, gives me direction and keeps me positive. So it's just a way of looking at things, I guess. Um, and it's just, yeah. And, that, and there's that growth mindset too. You know, you, you learn these things along the way from different people that teach you, but you just, it's all perspective. It's all perspective. Um, and the way you look at things like the half glass, half, you know, half empty or is it half full? You know, it's, it's depends on what type of person you are, I guess. I, that's the way it's good. I, um, you know, what I'm hearing, Luke, is, is um, emotional agility. And it's something that's become quite popular. Um, the ability to reframe what you're going through. And it seems like you're really, really proficient at that. And as an executive, I think it's something that is quite prevalent in the business world, right? We're dealing with a lot of pressure the market's moving quickly, competitors are changing, the landscape is changing quickly, and it's very easy to anchor ourselves to old ideas and the way we've been doing things. And when we're confronted with a brick wall, it's easy for everyone to kind of melt down as, as uh, Toph's book is aptly named, Everyone Has a Plan Until Shit Hits the Fan. And that's how it is in, in, in business. So. I'm really interested in this concept of how did you develop that level of acceptance because you're a super driven person and sometimes just to be stereotypical, people that are as driven as you don't always take disappointment as well as you can or you have. So how did you develop that ability to reframe and look at a problem as an opportunity? Well, I guess I, I kind of live, I live by the saying of, you know, you control what you can control. Yeah. So once an injury, injury, injury is a part of the game. Um, I wasn't doing anything silly. Like, it's fair enough if you go and do something crazy. You know, but I, was, I mean, some people think running up a walk wall is crazy, but I was doing it for a specific reason. But, um, but it, it, was, it was just one of those things that happened, you know, yeah. and life happens. You know, you can't control these things. But what you can control is your next action. So... So that's what I mean. I, I, I accepted the feelings of disappointment and then straight away I got on the proactive. So I, I was really specialist. I was reading this. I was, I was thinking, okay, what else can I control now? So step by step and sometimes even write it down. It's like, okay, let's, let's just get a full, because if I've got steps in place, one, it keeps your mind busy. It stops you from sitting down and feeling sorry for yourself, but it also, it gives you a plan. It's direction. You've got direction and, and direction for me is a positive thing. If, you know, people without direction, sometimes, you know, they find themselves in a negative space. You give yourself direction no matter what it is, whether it's an injury. And, and, and it really pushes you forward. And it says, okay, there's hope there. And then, and then I think the biggest tip that I give people as well is to celebrate the little wins. So you might think that you're in the deepest of deep. And, you know, I'm sitting here. I've got, you know, my legs busted. I was sitting there going, wow, it's probably 10 months. It's actually been 12 months rehab. But don't think about the big picture too much. Just, just set your direction maybe daily at first and then weekly and then monthly and then, what I do is I, I always have a clear, clear step-by-step -step process. And every single time I hit a step or jump forward three steps, because I do my rehab, like you might go to your specialist and say, hey, mate, you're actually three weeks ahead of where you're meant to be. Bang, celebrate that little win straight away. Yeah. You know? Celebrate it, be positive, be happy, and go, yes, that's awesome. And just go about it as you would if you were fully yeah. fit. You know, like yeah. you guys do your ultras. You know, Go about rehab in exactly the same way. And you will find that you'll still get that feeling of contentment and satisfaction because you'd be like, wow, last week, 
you know, I couldn't, I couldn't do one-legged hops. And now this week, as I've done all my stuff, I'm doing one-legged hops now. And yeah, okay, one-legged hops, you think, oh, well, that's not very exciting. But it is exciting because two weeks ago, I couldn't even walk. So you just, it's all about, like I said, perspective. And, and it's something that you do have to sort of um, practice, I guess. Um, I hope I don't have to practice too much more <laughs> so I hope I have less injuries. But like I said, I always say to people, and people say, oh, you must have been this. And I said, yeah, but it's part of the game. Because the game that I'm in, it is. When you're a bit of an athlete, you're doing different things, injuries are going to creep up now and then. Um, so I suppose you just have to accept that. Um, and, yeah, and like I said, just keep yourself on the forward direction. You can't go wrong. Yeah, bro. The, you, you were talking about um, before with I don't just want to hang around calisthenic people if I want to keep growing. And um, RJ knows about this, but I was going through, like, a bit of identity issue, like, last year. I can say last year now, 2000, in 2018. and part of me was thinking, what if I don't just want to be a runner and all this kind of stuff? And it's okay to hang with other people. And I just use running as a vehicle and it kind of comes back to your early days, man. Like I know you did a lot of sport growing up. I know you did, I think maybe Taekwondo, you were big into everything. And the big one was rugby and you were playing at a pretty high club level. You grew up in a very rugby orientated family and you left that to tell me like the transition from going from that into like the first, I guess, psychological movements going into like, I guess that identity shift into a new sport of some sort. That must've been like, you're very rugby orientated. Yeah, well I did. I I grew up in a huge rugby league family and, um, and that was that pretty much filled my life from when I was five until up until I was about 22. And and I was playing quite high level, high level rugby union at this stage. And, and it was just, yeah, I just didn't feel right. You know, for some reason, I don't know why, it was something I did all my life. It's something that I lived and breathed. For some reason, I just didn't feel like I was there. If, you don't, if, you, if you're not 100% into football, you're going to get yourself hurt. So I was kind of like, wow. So I stuck it in for another year. And, and then I sort of just thought, no, I'm going to make a change here. And it was a big change in my life. I was a little bit lost there for a little while. I was in that 22, 23 age bracket where, you know, it was like, okay, let's go out and party and, you know, do all those types of things. And, so I kind of had a little bit of a time where I didn't have a lot of direction. I was still positive. There wasn't bad things going on in my life. I still went to uni. I still finished my teaching degree. I was teaching at the time. But I just, looking back now, not that I knew this then, but back then I was kind of, I wasn't maximizing my potential, let's say, that much. I was, I was teaching okay. You know, I was, I was doing everything okay. And then, I mean, at the time it was all right. I thought that was what, what you do but. it. I was a little bit lost. And then as I went a couple of years, went on three or four years, and then I actually met my now wife, Kylie, and she came with a whole new, not on purpose, just she just grew up in a very different family and, and, and not um, that any of our families were bad, but she, she came from a family that, you know, goes to bed at 30 and, and, and isn't like a very sport mad family. And it was just very different and didn't drink too much. Not that my parents were heavy drinkers, but it was just, you know, it was just different. And when I met her, I was sort of like, wow, what do you mean? Like, we're going to go to bed at 8.30. Like, what is this? And back then, I wasn't. I would say to myself, I'm not a morning person. You know, I'm not this. I'm not that. There was all this, this is who I am. This is what I'm like. And mm-hmm. that sort of closed mindset. And, and as I went on and, and went through different different stages, I got to about 27, 28. I obviously loved fitness and loved teaching and loved giving you know, to others and et cetera, et cetera. I sort of thought, okay, I'm going to try something here. And I actually stopped drinking altogether. And I went for about a year or two years. And, like I said, not that I hung around heavy drinkers, but it was a very, you know, rugby league, a drinking culture. You know, Aussie, just a typical Aussie type, you know, let's have a beer on the weekend. And I was sort of the first one out of the whole group to kind of go on this, this avenue of no drinking. And it was a little bit, 
it was tough at the start because everyone was sort of like, wow, like, who is this guy? You know, and I, and I copped a lot of flack for it. But I think that was my very first steps to not only finding out more about myself, but also strengthening this mindset because it was very hard, very hard in some, in some stages. But I thought if I can get through this, I just felt like something in me. I just knew that this was going to be a good step for me. And because I just feel like I wasn't really going maximizing anything back then. And then it's funny because as I went on and as it went and everyone started to just, so as I show consistency, I kept it up for about a year. Everyone started to back off a little bit and started to go, oh, well, well I think this, I think he's serious about this. And then it just sort of, and then everyone started to leave me alone. And then it was just sort of like, hey, this is what you are now. And, then I factored alcohol and things and drinking and that back into my life and I have a nice balance now, but it kind of led me on this path. And then I started to meet all different people in different walks of life. Mm. And then, mm. and then I, I kind of it led me to where I am now. It kind of just kept elevating. And every single year I met more and more people. And then I did different experiences. Like I went down to Sydney, I think it was in 2016. And this was a huge change. Life changer for me. I went down, there's a guy called Scott Ebnett and he runs, he's an ex commando in the army. And, I went down and did a, a did a weekend course with him Friday, Sunday, Sunday, and it was I was I thought I was really like my top level, like I was I was top level cycling, running, I was just hitting all aspects, and I thought I'm going to go down there as fit as I can, and I'm going to see what I can learn from these guys. So we went down there, and 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 they pushed me harder than I've ever been pushed in my whole life, and it, it was kind of it was very eye opening. But what they did that was really good is they didn't just push us. They pushed us and then they taught us strategies and then they pushed us some more and taught us some more strategies and then they pushed us and it, and it was like this. And then on Sunday, it was like the culminating day where we had to put it all into practice and they got us up real army style, you know, burpees getting sprayed with water out in the park and all that sort of stuff. But it wasn't, it wasn't that belittling, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. it wasn't like that. It was very positive. It was very like, come on, man, like let's, let's push. And it went for about seven hours. We're trekking and, and, and I don't know, I think I found this level that I've never experienced. And I think it's what athletes talk about sometimes when you get in that, that beast mode, I guess. It was that kind of, like, I didn't hear much. I was very tunnel vision, but I was just, I thought I was tired, but I just hit this new level. And I'm sure Toph and you guys, obviously, I call it the third win. But I'm sure you find this in your ultramarathon running when you think you're, just, you're done. And then you just go, and you just push, and you get to that next level. It was the first time I experienced that. And it was... It was life-changing for me. It was kind of like, oh, wow, I've experienced this. What I saw those people doing and what I was hearing about is actually true. And now I've experienced it. I want to experience it again. And then from as soon as I got home from that, even my wife said, she said, as soon as you got home, you were just a different, you were different. Like you came home and you just, you were just, you were driven before, but you were just 100%. You knew what you wanted and you knew where you were going. And I just, in the last two years, I've just gone for it. And my level has increased in the last two years faster than it has in the last, in 10 years of training before that. So it was, yeah, it was, it was really cool. I'm really <clears> glad. I did. Really glad. And I suppose, I guess get, getting comfortable with the uncomfortable is, is, is a massive tip for people too. I went down there by myself on a plane to Sydney, not knowing anyone. That was a big thing already because I haven't traveled much. And then doing this with these ex commandos for a whole weekend, guys I've never met that I knew I was going to get pushed. But it was just for some reason I felt like I needed to do this, and like I said, I I would do it again any day. It, yeah. it was really, really good. Yeah, really good. It was personal development, I guess. No, thanks for that, Luke. Um, well, there was a lot in that, and I resonated with a lot of your story. I mean, for me, I uh, I was a dysfunctional human being uh, because of alcohol and drugs, 
and I gave up alcohol about eight years ago. And through that process, I transformed. Um, I, I haven't picked up drinking again, but we, that's because I safely can't drink. I can't safely drink. But one of the things that I learned through that process was um, I could reapply that level of grit and determination and learn into other areas of my life. And that's what I'm hearing from you is that you have an ability going back to what you spoke about when we kicked off the interview to get information, data points from other areas and then reapply that into your life. And one of the funny things when I was doing my MBA, we had a cohort of probably 50 of the top young executives in, in Australia. It was a top program. And it used to trip me out because these people were literally like academic athletes. We call them corporate athletes. The amount of work we were doing, but a lot of them were overweight. A lot of them were really struggling in other areas of their life. And I couldn't understand how they couldn't apply the grit that they had in their ability to study for hours upon hours and upon hours and apply that discipline into other areas of their life. Now, we go back to when we started this conversation, when I said to you that a lot of the responses to the post that we were going to interview you were by high level executives saying, well, that's good for Luke because he's been training for a lot of time, but how is that relevant for me? And again, I guess what I want the audience to start to really un to understand from you is, again, it's not about the calisthenics. That, that for you is your avenue, your vehicle. It's how you express yourself. But your ability to use that mindset and reapply that into other areas of your life I feel is really what people could and should be getting out of your message. Now, yeah. how do you think one comes to that realization that they can apply these learnings and these disciplines? Do you think it's a realization or do you think it's something someone has to go through? It's our aha moment. How do you think we can get people to start to realize that this, this stuff is applicable? to all areas of our lives and we can reapply the learnings and the disciplines. Yeah. I think it's a willingness to go after it. I think, I think if you've got this, this, this attitude where you want to find out you will find out and you have to, you have to realize that firstly you need to, you need to learn about yourself too. It's a lot of self-awareness comes into it, but everyone's different. You know, there's not one way that I could say, okay, this is what you need to do this step, this step, this step, and then you'll find it. It's, it's not really like that because everyone's different. So, so for me, I, I, I went out and I found, I, I must say that that Scott Evans course for me was amazing. Okay. Yeah. I felt like I was in a good spot already. I didn't go down there trying to change my life. I went down there to find that beast mode. I went down there with that one goal. So instead of going there at, at the lowest of my lows, I went there at the highest of my highs and I wanted to find the next high, you know? So everyone has their different reasons for things. But I think, I think you just, yeah, you need to actively seek it because it's out there, especially in this day and age. Like you, <laughs> with, with, with Instagram, that's why I love Instagram so much. You, you can connect with anybody. 
you know, like anybody you want. Like I, I watched that 50 and 50, um, mm. uh, James Lawrence, you know, and I thought, wow, I was so inspired by it. Immediately I jumped on Instagram. I found him. I messaged him and said, mate, I just watched your 50 and 50 and what you were talking about. And I've been applying. So I've, I've been thinking about that in my training this week and it's really boosted me. So I thank you for that. And he messaged me straight back. And he was like, oh, mate, you know, I really appreciate that. Let me know if you need anything in the future. Blah, blah, blah. Like, it, the possibilities are endless, I think. And I think, and so, but for some people, that's a big thing to do. You know, they don't have that confidence or that, that, that they think, oh, no, nah, he wouldn't message back. It's kind of like you just got to sort of break that down a little bit and say, what's the worst that can happen? You know, actively seek. You'll get those guys that will ignore you 100%. You know, but then you've got guys like yourselves, you know, that start things like this. Or, for instance, me on Instagram with the dads chasing goals. Like, there's people out there. Whether they're Insta famous or not, there's genuinely people out there that have so many skills. And I believe that everybody, no matter high level ability, low level ability, just starting off, even people that aren't, that feel like they don't have any talents, or they do. Like everybody has talents and everyone's special in some way. And, and you can and you can help others in that way. And I think it's just a matter of just knowing that it's out there and and actively seeking it. Um, and if you want it, if you want it bad enough, and that's another one of my key key things I like to go by in my life is if you want it bad enough, you will, you will get there. You will find it. And I'm teaching that to my son. You know? mm. It's just bad you want it, you know, and uh, there's certainly avenues. And, and if you're not sure, ask someone, you know, ask, ask a friend, ask us, it will jump on LinkedIn and just have a little search around and until you're comfortable enough, it might take you a year, you know, but search around, have a look, get on some forums, get on some podcasts, you know, have a little bit of a listen and, and then you'll find and whatever I think. And I think the biggest tip too is, Go with what resonates with you. Like, like Toe, for instance, he sometimes says to me, hey, man, I've got a really good book or I've got a good podcast. You listen, listen to it. And sometimes I listen to it and I go, wow, that's amazing. And then sometimes I listen to it and go, yeah, it didn't really hit me that hard. Like, it's hard to say, like, you know, that, that Toe really loved it. But that's okay. Because we're, even though we're on the same mindset, we love doing the same types of things, we are very different. So whatever resonates with you, whatever feels right mm-hmm. inside, I think definitely go with that. And you'll find someone out there that's exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And then... Well, you know what, you'll find hundreds and, and that's when it's really exciting. Yeah. That's so true, man. And I, I feel you like other people have recommended me and it's like that wasn't like the optimal way of learning for myself. And um, something you just you touched on, you were talking about a lot about community and I've noticed um, we've had these pretty deep conversations with your childhood friends, right? There, there was like four of you, I believe, and you've known each other since you were little boys and you still were great mates today. But it wasn't until you kind of segregated yourself or alienated, let's say, and not for a bad thing because you wanted what's best for you and they may have stuck into bad habits, but it wasn't until one of them goes, hey, man, can you help me? And that, that's when you know you're onto something, when someone's like sees the merit in what you're doing. Yeah. And I guess this ties in with the brand and the culture you've created, not only on Instagram, but just in person with Fit Dads, which I think is, is amazing because kids are sponges. If, if you're if you're letting go of yourself to look after your kid, your kid's going to kind of just follow what's going on and you kind of have to set the example. And I know you set a beautiful example for Parker. Um, what this kind of ties into is, I guess, a community question from someone from, his name is Andrew S from the UK. And this is probably a more of a pragmatic kind of question, but it ties in with being a dad. And he asked, what does, he, what does Luke think is the top three things for a dad to be doing in terms of an exercise regime? The top three things. Yeah, like yeah, the top three things you think uh, for for dad, maybe for starting out for an exercise regime. Starting out to maybe uh, just get the health back on track. 
Yeah. Well, firstly, firstly, it depends where they're starting. Let's 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 say let's grab a scenario like they're just starting. They haven't done any exercise in say ten years, right? They're starting right back from scratch, which is you know, which is a good place to start. Anyway, it's a good place to start as long as you're starting, I guess. But the first place to start would be get out with your kids. Get out there with them. Show them that you know what. You might not be amazing to start with. You might only run a K and then be really, really breathless. But you know what? It's the way. I think the biggest thing, the most important thing, is how you react after it. So if you if you run a K and you're all like, you know, and then, and then you in front of your children, you're sitting there going, oh, you know, I used to be able to run, and this is silly, you know, and then you give up. Like that's probably the most. That's probably more powerful than the actual run you just did. Um, you really need to and, I, and use it as fuel, though. Don't look at it as a negative. You know, use it as fuel. Think, okay. Because I'm, I'm big on and I, and I, watching, I love impact theory and I learned off one of the episodes that he was talking about goals and I was like, wow, you know, if you want to be motivated, you set yourself goals. And this one guy that I'm, I've watched so many, I can't remember his name, but he talked about, he said, yeah, goals, is, goals are good. But he said, but something more powerful than goals are, what are your reasons? Like, what are your reasons for doing what you want to do? And that really resonated with me. I was like, wow, that's a different way of thinking. But he was talking about, he would have this, he had, he would have, I think he was smoking or something. And the doctor said, you know, if you continue doing what you're doing, you're not going to see your son, you know, walk down the aisle. So he was like, wow. So he said, but if you do what I do from now, say from now on, like I will get you to that. I'll get you there. So it's up to you. And that was his reason, very powerful reason. And that's kind of changed his whole life. I don't have that going on, but my reasons, for instance, are I want to set a good example for my son. I want to show him that, you know, you're not, you don't have to be brilliant the first time you start, but the main important thing is that, that you start it, you know, and then fail, you don't win. You either win or you learn, you know, you don't, you don't fail. There's no failure. So I think the biggest, the biggest tip for me is that just, just start and doing things with your kids, get comfortable, get out with them, ride with them, run with them. And if you maybe don't feel too comfortable, you want to have something that's personal just for you. For me, go out and do as many different sports as you can. As many as you can. If you're not real sure, like if you think, oh, yeah, my mate, he runs heaps and he's dropped heaps away, I might try that. I don't, I reckon, okay, try running, but if you're not loving it, yeah, it's not going to get you out of bed every day. So go out and run one day. Go out and go out and try something you haven't tried in 10 years. You know, like go out and grab a scooter or a skateboard or a bike, you know, and you might just go, wow, why did I stop this? And I found with my son, that was probably the best thing that happened to me like I bought one of those big longboard skateboards and as soon as I jumped on it, the very first minute, I was like, why did I ever stop doing this? You know, it, it was it's just so much fun. So get out there, ski paddle, paddleboard, run, water sports, swimming, whatever it is, find what it is that will not only get you out of bed, but will motivate you, okay? Something that you enjoy. Don't go by somebody else's program because that's for them, okay? I wouldn't do what you do too. Okay, I wouldn't get up at midnight and do an eight-hour run through the Narang Forest. I, I get inspired by that, but personally, no, I'm not keen. But I will get up and do my thing, you know, and, and mm. that's probably my biggest tip. There's probably not three things. It's probably just try a variety of things, find what works for you at that time. You know, you might start swimming and then get over it and then get into something else, but that's the platform. You just need something to start. And then the other one is just get active with your family um, because... There's nothing more powerful than setting an example, I guess, and getting out and that connection and just being present with your kids because they absolutely love it. They love it more than anything, being out there riding with their dad or their mom. So, yeah, that'll be, that'll be my tips for sure. I hope that answered the question. Sometimes yeah. I get on. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah. You, you certainly did. And, and look, look, as a dad of a 17-month-old boy, um, you know, I've become acutely aware that 
I'm on stage and he's not listening to what I tell him to do. He's watching my actions. And um, I was once told uh, that we should show people a sermon instead of speaking one, right? Walk. And I think it's increasingly important in this day and age to teach I mean, we have boys, our young boys in particular, how to be men. How do, we, how, do, how do I talk to my wife in front of them? You know, am I on my phone all the time when he's with me? I mean, I have to be conscious of these things in trying to balance, um, you know, the way I raise him and also doing what I do at the same time and making sure that I'm truly present. And I take my hat off to you, mate, because I think it's really, really important. You know, you, you go to the shopping center, you see the way parents yell at their kids and speak to their children. And, you know, for me, it's quite difficult because, um, you know, we we need to remember that they are children and they are learning, right? And we are their powers of example. So I I, I commend you for that, mate. So the question I have actually dovetails into what you were just talking about. It's from uh, a young woman. Her name's Nikita Chandra. She asked me to ask you, she asked us to ask you, how does your lifestyle or how do you think your lifestyle and the way that you're living influences your son? Well, mm. I'm hoping that it influences greatly. Um, and it's, it's, it's all about what you just said. It's all about being an example. Like kids, kids, you know, they may listen to your advice, but what they see every single day, consistently is what they will know and, and and I want that to become the norm you know and, and then when he's older and he sort of sees other families or other people going about their business he'll be like oh well that's not. but it's well, that's just my dad you know I'd, I'd actually love him this when he's 10 15 and someone says oh your dad is it's like well that's just what dad does like and some people go oh like it's so funny when you see your clips and you're doing some handstand on a table and your son's just sitting there you know just sort of not really thinking it's all that special but I kind of like that because I kind of think, well, he's just used to that. He's used yeah. to me, you know, with battle ropes. He's around it all the time. He's just, it's just one of those things that I kind of feel is, and it also opens up moments to have those real mm. powerful conversations. You know, like I might try something and it might not work. And he'll go, oh, dad, that wasn't so good. And I said, yeah, but, but what am I going to do now? And he's like, I don't know. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to give up, am I? And he's like, mm-hmm. well, no. And I'm like, I'm just going to have another go. Here I go. And then I'll do it and go, wow, I did it. See, now if I gave up, would I have achieved that? He's like, no. Nah. So I said, exactly. It's, it, it just builds that relationship, but it also builds those opportunities so you don't have to just keep harping all the time. You know, you can kind of just, it can kind of just happen um, organically, I guess. And the conversations that we have all the time are really, really special. Um, and he watches it and he sort of, he'll sort of watch me and he'll kind of go, oh, okay. And you know what kids are like, they know everything. So he'll be like, oh, no, dad, like I can run that far. I don't need to, you know, you know what they're like. And, and, I, and especially the boys. And anyway, so I'm like, okay. And then I'll just leave it. I won't say anything. Because I could drill him and give him tips about jogging and all this stuff, but I'll leave it. And then he'll come to me when he's keen. Anyway, so then one day he tried to run all the way down the beach. It was like a K and a half, two Ks. And he was pooped like 400 meters down the track. He's like, oh. And then he looked at me and he goes, all right, dad. And I'm like, what's up, mate? He goes, all right, I think we need to, I think I need to start jogging. And I'm like, all right, opportunity, bang. All right, mate. And I just gave him a quick few tips. All right, get your breathing right, run at a pace that you think you can keep all the way to those rocks. And bang, he did it. He ran the whole way there. And the, the pace, when he made it, he was like, oh, that aha moment, you know? And, and that, and for me, the nonverbal moments, I think sometimes are the best. 
You're cultivating his mindset, mate, and that's the greatest gift that you can give him before an academic education or anything, right? And that was the whole, the whole goal. Because he started in school this year. I was going to say next right. year, but this year. He started in school his first year. And that was. And people say, what are your goals for your son? I said, well, I just want him to be prepared. Mm. Physically, socially, academically. He doesn't have to be the smartest in the class. But yep. I just want him to have enough, enough skill. He doesn't have to be the best. But I just want him to be able to. When he goes into that classroom the very first day, he's going to know what the teacher's talking about. One. Two, he's going to be able to deal, like, stamina-wise with the, with the intensity of the day. And then three, when he's out in the playground, he's going to be able to keep up. He doesn't have to be the best, but he's going to be able to keep up. If they get a ball out, he'll be able to catch it. Okay, he might drop it every now and then, but he might, he'll be able to catch it. If the kids run off, he'll be able to keep up with them. You know, like just little things like that. I think it's preparation. And then from there, he can build, he can just go off then. And he can, he can go in his own avenues and I can just, now I just have to support him and guide him, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that was always the plan. And I, and I feel kind of really proud about it because we've kind of got him to that stage and and I'm yeah, he's ready. He's ready to go, and it's very exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. That's brilliant, but, man. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you love the um. I love hanging around you, dude, because you always have this abundance mindset, right? It's not scarcity. It's it's always where is the opportunity? Like Parker's going, I think I need a jog. <laughs> I can imagine a little five year old dude going, I'm knackered, but how do I get better at this? Yeah. And um, it's 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 fascinating. I would I would love to see like a little journey like from the start to when you first took up calisthenic to where you are now because it's like anyone that goes to the gym for the first time or to try to start running for the first time like god damn i remember like doing my first k man i was knackered and today i just smashed that six and a half k cruisy and i was fine unfortunately i lost my key at the beach but that's okay <laughs> <laughs> it could have been worse i could have lost all the keys but i just oh, took out the so this is why i need me a cream across scotland uh, this is why <laughs> Yeah, I was I was the organizer. <laughs> he just ran. Brain. I was telling RJ um, that to do something like that, I need a brain, and <laughs> you're my brain, dude. And I was just yeah, yeah. going out. But going back to, I guess, building a discipline into into exercise, so it becomes. No, I wouldn't say easier, but you get more used to it, and you build a callus in in the mindset. This, I guess, this question comes from uh, his name is Robert Boyle, and he's based in New York, actually. And he asks, what exercise or movement do you do every day? It could be something as simple as, I don't know, maybe even just walking or like, is there any sort of fundamental, perfunctory kind of exercise that you do every day that's a non-negotiable? Okay. If, if I'm in the gym, because I do, I, do, I do a range of things, but that works for me. Like I, no week is the same. The thing that's routine wise for me, something is, is the fact that I get up every morning and I do a session. But I like to go by the weather. I love to go by other factors. So I'll choose cycling, running, ocean ski paddling or gymming. But I'll get all those in throughout the week. But where they actually happen, no week's the same for me. I like that kind of schedule. But every single day, if I, let's say I was going to the gym three or four times a week and I was hitting gym, core would be the number one every single time. I found ever since, actually it was my injury with, with the moon boot and with, I had a broken hand at one stage. So I, just, I couldn't do anything. So I just did core the whole time. And I found since I've had my core strong, especially in calisthenics, but it's 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 factored into running, cycling, ski paddling. Yeah. Since my core is strong, I I found I'm not gonna say easier because I don't really like that word, but I found that progression has just happened a whole lot um, faster. 
Um, when you say so core, what do, what do you mean exactly? Like planks, abs kind of stuff? Or do you... Yeah. Uh, stuff a like lot of people go and just think crunches are going to work. Okay, um, crunches are good, but you got to hit that transverse. you got to get deeper than that. So, you know, yeah, doing your, doing your, um, your planks. Um, I don't know if you'd see on my video, I didn't put it in, but there's like, there's levers, there's, there's all types of things, rings. I incorporate rings into my... Um, and parallel bars, L-sits. Um, all different types of stabilization. If you're just sitting there, you know, sometimes when I'm doing like, even just a simple movement like bicep curls, I'll do it on one leg. Um, little things like that that just to just bring your stabilizers in and really get that deep, that deep core strength. Um, I find, mm. yeah, once I've had a sort, I've had no, I never have back problems. I never have, you know, the real kind of typical injuries, I feel, because I think what people do is they go in with a weaker core and they do, and they're huge, you know, like they can bench 160 and they can do all these things, which is amazing. But if your core's not strong, you're going to find that, yeah, the back problems are going to come. Um, as you guys would know with your running too, guys, like if you didn't have a strong core, I'm sure with your hammies and your legs and all that sort of stuff, you would, you would get, you know, little issues here and there. So uh, yeah, I'd say core would be the number one. Core is something, if I do a superset, when I'm doing chest or back or shoulders, whatever it is, there's always a core exercise in every single superset that I do. So the superset will be two back movements and a core, and then two back movements and a core, and then two shoulder movements and a core. So core is just... That, that underlying thing throughout every session. Um, so yeah, that, to answer that question, I would say it would be it would be core exercises for sure. Yeah, fascinating, man. Mm. Right. And just in general life, sitting in the car, sitting here now, you know, um, yeah. walking around your workplace. If you have a if you have an office job, you know, boy, yeah. it's huge. I know people go, oh, you know, you can sit on those med balls and things, but that is a great idea, you know. Um, but I find I probably don't need to do that because my core is really strong, you know. But if you didn't have a a strong enough core, then I'd definitely suggest something like that if you're sitting at a desk a lot. But, um, but yeah, it just helps in every, every, everyday life and everything you do. Um, I think it's a very underrated thing. Yeah, I, uh, thank, thanks for that. Luke, there's, um, there's, uh, there's been so much good content uh, in this conversation today. And, and one of the things that I had noted down from earlier on in the piece was uh, the conversation around when you got married or when you met your wife, how she started to introduce new routines that kind of disrupted your, some of your belief systems. Like I'm not a morning person or I am a morning person. And you and I have a very similar mindset in the sense that I believe in these small crucibles, like creating these little, challenges or creating these little events or micro events maybe that start to shift the needle and what we believe is true or not right because we get these little wins now that might mean for you new calisthenics uh or new calisthenic exercises or that might mean something different for tof or or even something uh different for myself for the average punter the the guy or woman out there that is looking to the new year to kind of start to reshape their life and, and, and build a better mindset. What would you say are three things they can do to create discomfort with the view to start to kind of disrupt the way they've been living? Just, just three simple things they may do or introduce into their daily life that can start to create a little bit of discomfort so that they start to sit in that uncomfortable space and get used to it and hopefully start to shift the needle a bit. Yeah, I guess one would be try something new. 
trust them in you straight up. Just, you know, because you never know. And this is what I teach my son all the time. It's like when he says, you give him a food, he goes, I don't like that. I'm like, well, just try it. He tries it and now it's his favorite food. Like you just, you can't just, I don't know, I'm not going to call them excuses. That's another word I don't like. But it's, it's one of these things where I think sometimes it's just that comfort zone, you know, like break out of that comfort zone. Try something new. Just try it. You might hate it. But what you did is you got out of your comfort zone. Okay, and that's a really important step. I would say, hmm, for instance, mentally, it would be to try and really kick off this growth mindset. Try and say to yourself, don't, don't, don't put yourself in a box. Don't say, you know, as I used to do it a lot, um, I used to say, like, I'm not a morning person, for instance. I still hear people say that. I want, I mean, people can argue this point, but I 100% believe that, is, that no one is anything. You're not a morning person. You're not an afternoon person. You're just something. You're, you're a creation of your habits. So whatever habits or things you've done over a period of time, that's what you are right now. Um, so, but habits, routines, any, anything can be changed. So I guess that's one thing. So maybe... Yeah, if you don't think you're a morning person, but for instance, like us, you got a, you're a new dad, you got a young child. That was the first thing that started me on my morning person journey. I wanted to be finished by six o'clock because I wanted to be at breakfast with my kids and, and with my kid and with my wife. So I started getting up at four o'clock and I'm telling you now, it was hard at the start. But now I wouldn't have it any other way. It's funny, now I actually struggle to train in the afternoon. Mm. But it's just, it's just, I suppose, to have, have the belief that it can happen, um, but two, obviously, it's a big it's a big shift. But I guess that's one that that'd probably take up two slots. Like it's 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 a big thing because you have to continue it for at least. Like I say to people, oh, I've been doing it for weeks. I'm like, we'll try it for months. Do it yeah. for two or three months. You know, celebrate the little wins. But you got to keep it up. It's about consistency, and it will happen. One hundred percent, you can become a morning person if you want to become a morning person. One hundred percent. But it's very difficult for some people um, to break those molds, and I guess. Just, I don't know, I guess once you've got direction, you've got your goals set, maybe maybe just really think about one thing that you could change um, that you know will have a huge impact. Like, for instance, like maybe stop stop drinking as much alcohol or maybe go to bed at 8.30 every single night. Like yeah. just, just set one thing that you know is very, very achievable, but mentally it will take a lot. So choose something like that, and that really puts people out of their comfort zone. I have a friend at school, for instance, he, um, he's another teacher, and he's petrified. He's not petrified, but he doesn't like getting up and speaking. So at staff meetings, and he's very anxious about it. So he, I've been having a lot of chats with him. And he's, and last year he set this goal, and he said, "I'm going to, I'm going to get over this fear. I'm going to conquer this fear." So I'm like, okay. And this was huge for him. For some people, it's not. Some people may even laugh. Like it's like it's like really like he's a teacher. He doesn't know what he do for a job. But he he really struggled with it. So I just said, man, just set yourself a goal. Like ask one question at staff meeting, and see how you go. And he did that. And it was really hard for him. But he'd put his hand up and he'd ask a question. And he thought, oh, get used to that. You know, start small. And then by the end of the year, he actually ran a, a PD, a half an hour PD in front of the whole staff. You know, and, and the, awesome. it was amazing. And, and, and I got goosebumps just talking about it now. But, but it, for him, it was huge because now that's the pilot to, I walked the staff up Mount Warning at the end of the year. Guess who came? Oh, yeah, he's at a fair of heights too. He's never, he's walked up Mount Warning about eight times. He's never gone up the, the rocky part. There's like yeah. this climbing. The oh, the chain hike, yeah. The chains. Guess who did it that day? First time in his life. But he did it because he overcome that talking in front. Like, you wouldn't yeah. think that they connect, but they connect. Yeah, yeah. That was just that was yeah. start. But once he got over that fear, 
it went on to other fears and you thought, yeah. well, if I can do that, I can overcome this one. Yeah. And then he actually liked the fact that he's starting to tick off these fears. He liked that freedom, I guess. So then mm-hmm. he was like creating this beast, you know, and, and now he was just, he, he, he did it. And now he wants to go and he wants to take his family up and he wants to do it. So like these, like these types of things that I find are just so amazing. If you can be a part of that and, and change one person's fear or conquer those things, I think it's a really good place to start. So maybe just choose something small and don't think it's small. Think, oh yeah, that's just silly. Well, it's not. If it's big to you, go after it and change it because momentum is a very, very powerful thing. That, that, that was really something that I'm glad you drove home, Luke, because like I said, when we kicked off the interview, uh, some of the, the responses on, on LinkedIn were looking more at what you were doing physically and couldn't connect with it, whereas we were hoping that they would connect with the mindset and the behaviors behind that, right? Because anyone can connect to just doing that little challenge in their life that they, you know, that they're afraid of or, or that, you know, you know, that they've been ignoring or looking at some of that dysfunctional habits or whatever. We, we, we all have the capability to do that. And I think that you really drove that home just now. Yeah. And I, and I think to, to give you a comparison too, you know, like some, like he used to say to me at the start, he goes, Oh man, this is just so silly. Like if anyone heard about this, like they would just think, Oh, like what, what's it a big deal? And, but I just looked at him and 100% said, man, this is a big deal to you. Yeah. Yeah. Like no, no one else matters, dude. This is yeah. a big deal to you. And it's stopping you. And I always go back to it, maximizing your potential, man. So you can conquer this. So, and then, like I said, he did. And now he's just like, he's on, he's on the roll now. He's, he's on beast mode. <laughs> but, but, it, but it's, you know, that's it, all it takes. Yeah. And, and that's what I find exciting about it. And I never used to be like this, but now once I've learned and I've experienced, and I do it myself, like Ninja Warrior was one. That was well out of my comfort zone. Even though people think, oh yeah, you know, you're strong. But that sort of training, I don't do that training. Like I was literally just going to turn up and just have a real good go. And it was, it was out of my comfort zone, you know, the TV and the people and then the, and the, and the stage and, the, and it was just going to be, I was, I was nervous, but I was excited mm. because I was, I wanted to see how I was going to react and, and, and I guess deal with that situation. That's yeah. the one that everyone said, oh, you know, do you want to win or do you want to listen? I said, well, you know what? I haven't really thought about that. I was just so excited about that first moment, that mm. very first moment standing there. And when they say, all right, go. What was I going to do? How was I going to react? You know, how was my body going to going to deal with it? I was just so excited because I knew that it was going to be something that I would be able to gain um, so much from. I guess in my in my in my journey of yeah, maximizing my potential. So that's the one thing I wanted to get out of it. Mm, it Man, I, I resonated with that, especially the this teacher going. No, I'm not a teacher, but um, the the speaking thing. I was petrified of public speaking growing up, mm. and now I'm able to speak in front of thousands. But it, it was building a callus. And um, once I was able to speak to the kids and then it was slowly building it more and more. And I think I conquered my own, that fear by, with what you said before, and it's not the goals, it's the reasons, which I, that for me, that's values and purpose. And I, I, as as moment, the moment I was able to go, what are, I changed it from going, what are people going to think of me to, I wonder if anyone can relate to this. And that's how I conquered that fear. And, so hearing how old mate did that, it's like, yeah. And then I decided to do a lot more writing, get into that because I had this notion that I used to get teased. Like I thought poetry was kind of like for sissies, right? But I love poetry <laughs> and I love writing. And so I really resonate with, with your mate's story. But before I give you um, 
where people can find you and what you got coming up, man. I just want to really acknowledge you for being here, um, for for being here on this on this world, for actually knowing you as a person, as a brother. Um, for we bonded really well in Scotland. I felt like a, we were like a dynamic duo over that damn race. Um, but it was it's yeah. been an absolute pleasure knowing you, man. Like how you, how, what makes you tick, how you think. And I've definitely learned a lot from you without you even realizing indirectly. So I just want to say thank you for, thank you for being you, man. And yes, keep on for striving. Um, I'm going to give you 30 seconds to shout out anything you've got coming up. Maybe it's any pages you have, like anything you have, man, the, the world is yours. <laughs> the world is mine. Honestly, uh, you can find me on Instagram, you know, livefit underscore LW, um, yep. pretty much all what I'm about. Um, there are going to be, you know, there's going to be a few things maybe popping up this year, but like I said, I'm, I'm definitely keen to get on the track and, and obviously enter the world of LinkedIn and, and just try and connect with more and more people like RJ and yourself and just, and just continue my journey. And like I said, if, if I'm on these channels or you get on Instagram and you want to message me or you want to set up a chat or even if you're on the Gold Coast and catch up for a coffee, I love coffee. Um, I'm more than happy to help in any way that I can because uh, I just absolutely love this stuff. Um, and yeah, and, and obviously meeting yourself today too, RJ, man, it's been awesome. It's been now we're going to have to get you on LinkedIn, Luke. People are going to yeah. want to hit you up, man. So, so if you're going to have to hook them up with a, with a cool LinkedIn profile with all the graphics. <laughs> um, I'll definitely, your Insta, I can definitely link that and, and we'll be able to spread that like crazy for you. And um, yeah, man, that's... It's been brilliant. Yeah, yeah, if I, I do love talking, but if I could just have one last minute, are we like, yeah, do we need to, you know, we got like a timer thing. Um, I think just to wrap it all up, um, I think what I just had a point before when you were talking for turf. I think the biggest thing is people, especially at school, since I've started this journey, and I guess a lot of people look at it as a self confidence thing. Everyone goes, oh. Um, you know, you just you just confident, and you seem to know what you're about. And I think I think. It's more about the, you know what you're about. It's not the self-confidence. I don't look at it as self-confidence. I look at it as freedom. I look at it as a fact that I've gone away from more knowing or worrying or comparing about what other people think. And it's not the thing of like, oh, like a negative thing. Like, I don't care what other people think. It's not like that. It's kind of like I'm so set on what I believe and what I'm doing because I've found my why. I've found my purpose. Like when Parker, you know, when he, when he, when he first entered the world and that, that moment, you know, that was purpose for me right there, you know, and these little experiences, and it might not be children, it might be something else for you, but if you find your purpose, you understand self-awareness, you know what you're about, you know what makes you feel good. Um, once you've found that, I suppose, like I said, it doesn't give you self-confidence, it gives you like a freedom because you just, like I said, you're not, you're not comparing, you're not worrying what others think, you're just you. And like you said, you love poetry. You know what? I love the fact you love poetry. Personally, I don't love poetry, but you know what? You do, and that's awesome. So find your why, find your purpose, and then um, and then just enjoy that freedom because it's it's pretty awesome. And then you can give it to others and help others with it. So, and for so, yeah, people, just... for for people, though, Luke, to to find that purpose, it really goes back to what you said earlier that they have to get out there and actually have a crack. Yeah, hundred percent. I didn't know calisthenics even existed two years ago. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And usually the purpose is found through discomfort. Yeah, 100%. And if you stay in that in the world, in your own world, you know, yeah. you'll know what you know. Mm. But mm. so much out there. Mm. And I think that's what these channels like Instagram, a lot of people are negative about it. I'm so positive about it because it, it opens the world up to you. You know, I wouldn't have met you guys. Agreed. If it wasn't for you. So, 
so there's so many so many positives and I actually encourage people to get on it and, and, and just just yeah just just meet with people connect with people so yeah this has been fun yeah man look look really really appreciate the time man we'll um, definitely stay connected I'll be in the Gold Coast uh, I've got a race in a few months so we'll definitely connect uh, we'll, we'll you know catch up for a coffee and uh, shoot the breeze but again mate super grateful for your time Thanks for the knowledge and the wisdom, bro. I'm sure everyone will get a lot out of this, this, uh, this piece, man. But uh, yeah, look, have a great yeah. one, huh? Yeah, thank you very much, guys. Like I said, I'm honored to be here. It's been really, really cool. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, Andrew. No worries, guys. See you, bro.